So welcome to the podcast, and uh, this is uh, The Journey, um, and I'm Kevin Polkey, the host. And Bethany, thank you uh, very much for coming in. And what we've been doing during this time period of, of having this podcast is really just um, looking at just ordinary individuals who have their own stories of transformation, their own journey throughout their life, and just try to capture those conversations so that maybe someone who's listening maybe be able to pull just one thing out for themselves. Maybe maybe that's hope. Maybe that's possibility. Maybe, well, if Bethany could do it this way, maybe I can uh, do something like that. So uh, welcome uh, to coming in. And Thank you for having me. I really appreciate no, it. Not, this is exciting. Yeah, not a problem. So, so Bethany, why don't you just maybe just start off with telling me so I I know we're going to get into what you do now for a living Mm -hmm. and and job wise and stuff like that and I and um, I know that you have you're married and been together for 25 years it'll be 25 years in May okay okay all right and uh, my my wife and I uh, will be married in June for 25 years so so we're right yeah thank you you too now are you did you guys get married here are you from Rockford or I, I actually grew up Till I was eight in Orfordville, Wisconsin. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. And then Dad um, lived in someone's home in Rockford where he had worked at the time. I think it was Pierce Chemical, while our home in Roscoe was being built. Okay. So from the time I was eight till about the time I was 20, I lived in Roscoe. Okay. Then I moved to Loves Park, Rockford first, then Loves Park for a bit. And then when I met my hubby... Um, we remodeled our my home in Loves Park, and then we built a home up in Roscoe. So I'm kind of back. Where, back in Roscoe. Okay. Yeah. So you graduated from Hananiga. Yes, I did. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And then you have two two kids. Yes. Right? Our daughter is 22, and she is doing her undergraduate right now down in Jackson, Tennessee, at Union University, a okay. private Baptist college, and okay. she's actually majoring in social work. Okay. Okay. Great kid. And then our son graduated from Hananiga in 2018 and went straight into the military. So he's in the Air Force oh, okay. in Abilene, Texas at Dias Air Force Base. Okay. So okay. we're proud of both our kids. Wow. They're awesome okay. kids. So he, uh, so your son, what's your son's name? Dylan. Dylan. And so so Dylan, um, he enlisted before he graduated? Nope. He graduated in May of 18 and then he left in September. So Mama's heart was really broken from... Mm-hmm. May to September because we lost Hannah. She went to Rock Valley for two years, okay. and then in August she went down to Union. Okay. And then in September we took him into the the MEPS Center in Chicago to see him off to be in the Air Force, which okay. we did not expect. So we were empty nesters. Like immediately. Yeah. It okay. was Pretty tough. <laughs> I bet that's a huge transition. Yeah. yeah. My uh, I, I we ours is a, similar. Uh, my my kids are one year older. On both ends, my son is my oldest, and he'll be 23 in a couple of weeks, and uh, is getting his uh, just graduated from Rockford University, and is getting his master's in social work at Aurora oh, University. Awesome. And then my daughter, who will be is 20, will be 21 in September, um, is at the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. But our son, my son, still lives with uh, Diane and I. And um, but he's you know he's working he's graduate school so um, we got a little bit of a transition so right. uh, so that that abruptness with that empty nester were you thinking that Dylan was going to be going going to Rock Valley or were you thinking he was going to be going to college Dylan is our interesting child because okay. all through his growing up years he always wanted to be something different he wanted okay. to be a professional basketball player okay. he wanted to be an astronaut he wanted to own a hotel and okay. treat all of his family and friends to okay. come and stay and sure. use the hot tub and so when the card came in the mail for the military in his name i threw it on his bed and thought well yeah he's we'll see what he does with it sure he filled it out and sent it in and 
started talking a lot about it. The recruiter came to school, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I didn't ever want to shut him down because yeah. I wanted to make certain that our kids did what they wanted to do and not mm-hmm. what we projected on them to right. do. Yeah. So he kept talking the whole time that he was going to enlist, and so I just made sure that I had those conversations. Do you understand mm-hmm. what you're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, when you sign that contract, you're in it for whether it be four years, six years. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very strict. You're not going to be playing a bunch of video games and, you know, sleeping till 11 or noon. And he did a lot of his own research and looked at different YouTubes and different people that had been in and followed this gentleman called Kyle Gott and just did all of his research. And he went in with a friend. Okay. And um, he was just so excited about it. And I don't know why he went in, um, maybe because he felt he didn't really know what he wanted to do, okay. um, but he likes it. He's okay. a crew chief, Okay. Um, works on the B-1 bomber, Okay. and okay. Um, is doing very well, just moved off base, has an apartment with another airman, and okay. just growing up, so yeah. pretty proud. And, and you said he graduated in May of 18. Yeah. So it seems like things have been going, moving, uh, accelerating pretty quickly for him. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, good. Yes. Well, congratulations. Thank that, you. That's uh, going from that idea of, uh, when I talk to some parents that they're very nervous about going into the military, you know, number one, because of... Um, you know, obviously there's a there's risk of, of something happening. Mm-hmm. But then at that same time is that is that transition from he's been living with you up to the, his whole entire life and then all of a sudden now he's gone too. So it's 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 both those things, right? Yeah. I had quite a piece and there's a little background on Dylan. When he was younger, probably till he was about twelve or thirteen, he would always get whenever he got upper respiratory infections, he would go into asthma. Mm. And it wouldn't always be good. Sometimes we had to take him to the ER, we had a nebulizer machine. So when he was four, I took him to the altar at church to get prayed over for his asthma. And while he was being prayed over, they prophesied that he would walk through dangerous territory, but he would be protected. And I thought, well, wow, I wonder if he's going to be a police officer. What's the deal? Mm -hmm. Well, then a couple years later, we were at a Bible study at some friends' homes, and he was over in the bedroom with one of the young men, and the young men, his friend, actually prophesied the same thing over him. And so I thought, well, evidently he may be in some dangerous area, but God's trying to tell me he's going to be okay. So it's really very cool because I had quite a piece. Sure. Like, all right, God's got him. He's good. Okay, okay. So I didn't struggle too much with that piece, but my mama heart was just yeah. torn apart. The kids would tease me because I would just tear up at anything, sure, you know, but sure. we're a pretty close family. Okay, so Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Just for uh, for some explanation for somebody who may be listening that may not be familiar, when you refer to um, that he was prophesized over, mm-hmm. um, I think most people can understand that you, you you know when he was young, you brought him up to have either elders of, of the church or some leaders at the church um, to pray for him and pray over him. I think most mm-hmm. people can, right. can get an idea of what that is, even if they haven't experienced that. But um, but to be prophesized over may not everyone may really understand. So, and I'm, I'm not. You don't have to kind of give me a whole dissertation of that. No, but, no. but just just from your own understanding and in your own words, what what does that mean to to be to be prophesized over? Well, in the Bible, and I believe it's Corinthians. There's a chapter that talks about the different gifts that the Lord gives people. Spiritual gifts. Yes. Right? Yeah. So some people have like the gift of teaching. 
Um, some people have the gift of praying over people, and the Lord works through them to, to bring, bring forth a healing. Okay. Some people have the gift where they can hear from God or they can see visions. Okay. And they speak, and it's not them fleshly speaking, but it's the Holy Spirit through them. So I believe in that because we go to Life Church up in Roscoe and it's pretty charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think that faith is kind of out there, but it's just a more free faith. So you tap into the gifts that the Lord has given you. So when, when I say that someone prophesied over Dylan, it is my belief mm-hmm. that the Lord gave them either a vision or a word to speak over my son. And you know, some people say, yeah, well, one time, yeah, but then when you hear it a second time mm-hmm. from someone different, sure. even a different age and not knowing that pastor had spoken over the same thing, was kind of a confirmation mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. So I hope that explains yeah. it. Yeah. And, and for you, um, as, as the mom, you talked about getting a piece from that. So, yes. so tell, tell me, because again, it, it's whenever we talk about spiritual matters, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about faith, we talk about love, we talk mm-hmm. about trust. It, I don't, my, my own personal belief is that I don't think you can linear qualify it, right? It's, a, it's an experience. It's an experience. So I've pretty much been a, a born again Christian since I was about five. Okay. My parents always raised us kids in the church. And I, I remember standing waiting for the school bus and asking mom, hey, can I ask Jesus into my heart? And she was like, yeah. And she, she and I were just talking about that this weekend. And she said she can still remember the dress I was wearing. But growing up in the church and having it be such a, an integral part of my life and knowing a lot of times as I got older, when I would pray about things and I would really feel like the Lord had answered those prayers. And as we get later into the podcast, I can go into that with the transformation in my work to kind of give you an example. But I had a peace because I've seen God so many times Mm -hmm. in my life Mm -hmm. when I've given things to him and just as hard as it is to wait sometimes, Mm -hmm. just try to wait and be patient, which is not my forte. Because, you know, a lot of times we want things in our time and we want Mm -hmm. things now, but God has to take us through a process or down a road, or maybe our time isn't the perfect timing. Mm-hmm. So the reason I say I had a peace about that is I do have that trust in the Lord mm-hmm. because I have taken so many things to him mm-hmm. and seen results. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm around a body of a believers a lot of times that we can share those same stories. Sure, sure. And so to me, it is a personal thing. And I think mm-hmm. it has to be for anyone. Right, right. You know, we can't just sit and dream up things but if we live our life a certain way and follow those standards and wait and pray and listen sometimes you hear it in here i've mm-hmm. never really heard an audible voice from god mm-hmm. but i always know in my spirit he told mm-hmm. me that i was going to be with my husband mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i mean there's just certain things but it's it's through a journey like mm-hmm. we're talking about today yeah. it's through yeah. a process it's yeah. through it's through believing it's through waiting it's through trusting and it's through seeing results mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, there was something you said that made me think of uh, this idea, um, regardless of what it is, but specifically w- with with God, with spiritual matters, or God as you understand Him mm-hmm. to be. Um, because I've I've spent a lot of time as a counselor um, with individuals that have been hurt by the church. And, yes, and, I and, know. And, and when I and for me, and I when I work with them um, from a clinical standpoint, I try to help them come to see that. They may initially be mad at God, um, but as we get farther and farther into the story, 
it, who may have hurt them or betrayed them or disappointed them or misused them or whatever it may, was was a person mm-hmm. who may have been representing. Right. The, you know, um, saying they were representing God, saying they were representing um, the church. But um, and so as they start making that shift, mm-hmm. that it was that that person. And I think that's where sometimes it becomes, uh, you know, tricky, you know, right. and, and because uh, individuals who represent uh, the church, represent an institution, represent, you know, whatever that may be, educational um, or, or, or a church or, um, uh, you know, regardless of what what idea that is, what religion that is, mm-hmm. they are bestowed quite a bit of influence, quite a bit of power. And and there's many times in, in I know in the in the Bible that it talks about the idea of being able to steward that yes um, that's very important that position and that and that um, that power right mm-hmm. and, and that that other people give them right you know being in that in that role so when you, what I heard you say though uh, is that one the idea of throughout your life you've practiced practiced yes. um, being open. Mm-hmm. And in working toward being open and differentiating between, um, as you were saying, the the mom self and and then at the same time trying to be open to, um, you know, how how does uh, you being a child of God you just as well as Dylan and your daughter mm-hmm. as well. So how how to you know walk in that in that middle of being open to that. And and then the other part of you, uh, the human part of you, yes. right, wanting to an- want to have answers, want to be, um, you want to know exactly how this is going to go. So I think that idea, like you said, is that um, when when, and I think you did a great job of of giving a brief explanation of of someone prophesizing, is mm-hmm. that someone may be given some kind of direction, mm-hmm. some kind of insight, some kind of clue about what may be going on with someone else mm-hmm. and and it's and then just give it to them and right. and that doesn't guarantee anything you know doesn't guarantee immortality doesn't guarantee right. you, they'll never be hurt it's just that it, i think you said that he would be able to um walk through some dangerous places and he'll be okay yes, yes. we don't know what okay looks like but um but that's enough to give you peace enough to, mm-hmm. um, there was a, uh, I spent a lot of time studying Lakota, um, Lakota Sioux traditions and, and ceremonies. And there was a, a phrase that, um, warriors, um, would say before they went into battle. And the, the phrase was, uh, or the word was hokahe. Um, today is a good day to die. And, and that didn't mean they were suicidal. It meant that they were spiritually fit. Right, and exactly. And so then by being spiritually fit, um, then they didn't have to be afraid that death was not the worst thing. Exactly. It was in that culture, dishonor was much worse than death. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they were spiritually fit, it, was, it wasn't that it was okay to die from a standpoint of, like I said, being reckless or being suicidal um, from that end, but it was a standpoint of being spiritually fit that if that is what needed to happen for a greater good, that was okay. And so there was a fierceness that, that the warriors could have versus being um, focusing only on how do I somehow manage not to die. 
so that I could actually live. Right. Um, so uh, I don't know how we got off on that. Well, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but I think it started originally of, of, of going uh, with Dylan going off to the Air Force, and, and you were given some peace back when he was uh, a young person right. with his struggle with asthma and upper rep- respiratory. Um, so yeah. let me ask, um, you had mentioned about what you do for a living. So tell us a little bit about what, what, are, you, what are you doing now job-wise and, and maybe a little bit about how did you, how'd you get to that place. That's quite a story, but okay. it's a blessing that where I'm at today. So I work for a company called CIANCI, and that's actually an acronym for okay. Career Education Associates of North Central Illinois. Okay. So what we are considered is an EFE, an Education for Employment consortium. So we're grant funded. So there's actually an act that was written into Congress called the Carl Perkins Act. And those monies are designated to EFE offices. There's about 52 offices like ours in the state of Illinois. We have, we all have a different region. So we have Winnebago, Boone, and Ogle counties. So we have K through 12 that we can fund. We get about one and a half to two million dollars a year. And then we can help them with anything from equipment to licensure for software, to uh, field trip transportation, teachers professional development, and my role in community outreach is to get business partners to engage with our students, primarily at the middle school through high school age level, Mm -hmm. um, with work-based learning activities, to try to give students experiences in different fields that they may be interested in or they think they may be interested in mm-hmm. with the idea being that maybe college isn't for everyone but if it is that's wonderful um, but also there's the trades field so mm-hmm. our funding is specifically for what you and I know as Votech Ed True. but today we call it career technical education okay. so okay. anything from agriculture to construction classes to automotive to to culinary, early childhood, those are the types of programs that we can fund. And so my role in the company is more to get out and meet business partners because we purchase a software exploration tool for the students called Career Cruising. So they can go on and assess and they can figure out which pathways or career clusters it puts them into and then they can look at those areas and try to figure out what jobs they may like and then I can help create job shadows or um, for instance we have a big mock interviewing coming up at Hananiga for 104 kids um, to get that experience of what it's like to interview so it's kind of like a practice Mm -hmm. run Um, we can send them on field trips I'm on many um, committees. I'm on the Nan- National Manufacturing Day Committee. I work with Einer at the Chamber on that every year. Um, I'm on Women of Today's Manufacturing. Um, recently, I've, I've guest spoken at um, a neighborhood group with some tradespeople just to um, bring awareness to people, like what's, what's available in our community. Because one of my goals for this year was to take it outside of just my day job. Right but to also be more invested in the community. Okay. So when I was approached to speak at this neighborhood panel, I thought that's pretty cool mm-hmm. because we're touching someone that I don't normally get to touch. Sure. And if they have neighbors or kids that age to tell them, because a lot of people don't know about our programs in the right. schools because yeah. we're kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. So we actually have a second one coming up this month. And I've been able to pull in a construction female teacher because they want to focus on women Mm -hmm. in manufacturing or women in the trades. So it's just, I do a lot of really interesting things, but I 
love people. Mm -hmm. So this is a great fit for me. Sure. Never thought I would see myself in this kind of role, especially in education. Um, and it's all kind of cool the way it happened. Okay. So, well, tell us a little bit about that. How, how, how did you? Uh, so you, you didn't obviously start off in education. No, uh, I did so, not. It's, so, it's then to me, this is another God experience. Okay. So what happened was, I graduated high school. My parents were kind of from the old school. They never talked about college. And when I was in school, I was quite social, actually. So um, I didn't really, college wasn't a thing I really thought about. And mm -hmm. because mom and dad didn't talk about it, I said, okay, I'll just be a career woman. Okay. So I can probably count on one hand the number of jobs I've had since I was 18. Okay. Long story short, I worked at a real estate office. When I got a three cent raise, I said, okay, it's time to move on. <laughs> okay. So I started applying, found this job in Rockford spent more than half my life there. I spent 25 years at this computer company. Okay. I was the administrative assistant. I did payables, receivables, event planning, shipping, receiving, kind of office management. And I got to a point where not only was I getting unchallenged and kind of bored, but things weren't lining up with my integrity. There were things I was being asked to do that I didn't agree with. Um, I was just feeling very like, I don't think I can do this. Mm -hmm. But I knew that without a degree, there was going to be a big pay cut because obviously after you're at a place 25 years and do a good job, you're pretty high on the pay scale. And this particular employer liked to pay high so people would stay. Mm -hmm. So I went home and had a talk with the family and said, life's going to change a bit. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I, we'd been banking a lot of the money, so we just couldn't bank it anymore. We'd use it to pay the bills. So I started figuring out after 25 years how to interview again. I had to update my resume. Looked in the paper. The paper was nothing. So then I had to go online. And so I was challenged. I had to learn how to redo this thing called searching for what do I want to do? Where am I going to go? How do I do this? Right. So called a couple friends, got some ideas, updated my resume, had some interviews, had some phone interviews. One day out of the blue, I went to my car to check on a call from a lead I had had. And I get this message from a woman I've never heard of. And let me back up a minute and tell you that each time I went into an interview, I would pray and say to the Lord, open the door if it needs to be opened, close it if it needs to be closed, because I know that your ways are better for me than my ways are. So I'm like, well, this is interesting. So I called the woman back, who today is a wonderful, amazing boss and the system director of Cianci. And she asked me to come in and interview on a Friday. And I said, well, I get Tuesdays off and I hate to ask you to do this, but I don't want to be dishonest and make up excuses. Is there any way you could see me on Tuesday? Yeah, I'll make that exception. So long story short, I had interviewed at the Regional Office of Education, who is our fiscal agent, and got the Dear John letter and I was crushed because I thought that was the job I really wanted. Mm. And when I went to interview with Margie, I, I asked her, how did you get my name? And she said, oh, well, um, you know, the, the regional office of education provided it to us because they had, you know, we needed an administrative assistant. We didn't know where to start. And I said, okay. So God used that as a doorway mm. for me to go in and the job that I thought was, I was crushed over mm -hmm. that I didn't get. So I started at Cianci as an administrative assistant, okay. took quite a large pay cut and just kept my head down and worked hard because my parents were always hard workers. They always instilled a good work ethic. And then three years went by and this position came open and I asked for it once. And Margie said, no, I don't think that'll work. I asked for it again. 
no, I don't think that'll work. I went to the altar and had prayer at church. And the woman that prayed over me is a wonderful pastor at South Campus and said that, please remove the veil from her boss's eyes. Let her see Beth's, you know, work ethic and her abilities. And I journaled it all and wrote it down and it's still in a drawer. It's actually in my employee file at home. The third conversation I had with Margie, she turned her head when we were talking about it, like we had never talked about it before and said, you know, you could apply for this position. And I said, why would you consider me? And she said, why would you say that? I said, I don't have a degree. She said, Beth, it's just a piece of paper. She said, you're hardworking, you know the people in the schools, the learning curve's gone, you're amazing, you've saved my life. So long story short, I applied and she was struggling because the person she had had before me didn't perform and she was just kind of nervous. And I said to her, you know what, Margie, whatever you decide, I'm good with it. If you decide against me, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, she hired me, and we're both extremely happy and ecstatic. Okay. We do so many neat things, mm-hmm. so okay. I just love what I do. Okay, okay. So so with, because um, I, I had the, that, that is a very cool story. And, and it sounds like, I like, you know, I'm glad you shared about that piece that, you know, many times we'll, We'll, we'll look at something like like you said about the job in the regional office that you know this will be perfect for me this is exactly what what, what I want to do you know all those types of things and and you may have even thought that the interview went well and all that and they decide to go in a different direction mm-hmm. for whatever reasons those are but because you gave some type of impression to them at that time they then pass your name on and and then you get picked up by somebody else Right, 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 and um, and I think that idea um, of of being persistent about the, you know wanting to do something more, or, you know, stepping outside of the administrative assistant, mm-hmm. doing doing something more than that, because mm-hmm. um, obviously that's what you did at the computer place too, right? You mm-hmm. you worked yourself out of um, and, and worked yourself into other other roles and just. Um, you know, and again, each each time an administrative administrative assistant may be different, right? It right. may have different elements of what they may do. Right. But for whatever reason, you were thinking that there was more that you wanted to be involved with. Yes. And um, and that idea that one door may not be opening, but instead of being discouraged or or you know saying, all right, I'm going to take my toys and go home, and I'm not going to play anymore, um, would have would have been in this case a mistake because mm-hmm. there was more things and and I've and I've talked to a handful of different uh, people who've come on here about this idea about being persistent mm-hmm. and, and and continuing um, to not be so focused on the outcome right and that because as you said uh, as you as you were, were praying and talking about that your will mm-hmm. God um, let me follow your will, not my will. And, right. I, and another way, right, is not being focused on the outcome, but more about learning along the process, learning along the journey, because you never know what doors are going to open. Right. And 
those will be the right doors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the ones that we fixate in our mind or thinking what that's going to be. And and I think so many times I I, I had an experience last week. Uh, you had set it up for me to be um, at one of your events. Mm -hmm. and, um, and thank and, you for that. Oh, not, not a problem. And um, and that was at uh, a local middle school, Winnebago Middle School, and and that was a it was a great experience. I had, I had done similar types of things before, but nothing set up like that. Um, but it was interesting because they were in middle school, and I would have said the same thing if it would have been high school, though. Um, I was amazed at how many the 6th or 8th graders, when I asked them if, if they knew um, what they wanted to do once they graduated. And it seemed like maybe they were prepped for, you know, uh, for the event. Mm -hmm. But... Um, it seemed like over half of them would raise their hand and, and give examples of what they wanted to be. Everything mm -hmm. from, uh, you know, an oncologist to, uh, you know, all on patent attorney. I mean, they were coming up with things. I'm like, wow, I would have not thought of that in seventh grade. Right. And then there was a percentage of them that when I asked them, they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I said, one of the things I said to them, I said, when I was in seventh grade or sixth grade or eighth grade, I didn't know. And if, unless you count it as, you know, playing football or being a bodybuilder or something like that, right. it wasn't emphasized back then mm -hmm. as much. Mm -hmm. But what I quickly remember um, learning when I had my first jobs when I was 15, 16 years old was that there was a lot of jobs because at that time, you know, you either work retail or you're working in a restaurant or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I knew that when I was working for me, when I was working with things, dishwashing, construction, um, you know, different types of jobs like that, um, I just stared at the clock and it, it would go by so slow. Right. And I would not look forward to going to work. I would, you know, look for, you know, maybe I don't have to work today type of thing. But then when I had jobs back when they had video stores. I worked in a video store, uh, worked as a salesman in a, in a clothing store. Um, I, time flew by. Mm -hmm. I, and I concluded, and this is what I said to the students, is that I think if you can right now just explore and figure out are you a people person or are you a thing person? Mm -hmm. And if you can figure that out, you know, um, and then start pursuing the path um, of, of if you like being with people, like working with people, helping people, whatever that may be, then maybe a field will unfold in front of you regarding that. Or if you're a thing person, mm -hmm. engineer, manufacturing, then that will um, unfold. And, and obviously for you, as you mentioned when you were in high school at Hyannia, you, you know, you were social and mm -hmm. you enjoyed being around people. Mm -hmm. and, um, and now you get to work with people and connecting people it's pretty awesome. It's like not that. like a job. Yeah. I, I just love getting up and going in every day, and it's just, it's so rewarding. And I think part of the reason I'm so passionate about it is because I didn't have anyone at that age to really invest in me and help me figure out what my path was going to be. Mm -hmm. And um, I just was at a women in breakfast. Um, Jason Bronke up at Hananiga has what's called a, well, he's got a business department that he runs but he's got an incubator program too and they selected some young ladies that they thought would be good in business and they had about eight of us come and panel speak and I've connected with two of those students and one of them told me I have no direction my mm -hmm. parents were high school dropouts and mm -hmm. um, I really don't know what I want to do and it would be great if you could help me and I have an appointment next week to go meet with them both and get them assessed and yeah. and have them start researching oh, and they're yeah 
where it puts them in their career clusters and then probably help them write resumes. And right. I'm really feeling great about that because it's making a difference. You've heard before, too, if you could just, teachers always say, if you could just make difference in the in the life of one child, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but it's taking me down avenues I didn't realize it was going to take me down, which right. are very exciting and just, it's such a rewarding job. Yeah. I just love it. Well, I think, and I appreciate you sharing today your story because it's something that we've talked about before, this idea that, you know, one of the things that you, you know, come natural for you, you know, we might refer to it as a gift, is being able to be with people and be comfortable with people and listen to people and listen to their story and wanting to help them. And that's just one of your gifts, right? And, and, um, and then you also had a setback in your life and, and some, and that, that, not necessarily like we refer to as a direct wound, but sometimes an indirect wound is what doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you didn't have someone intervene during those formative years, during your middle school and high school years, that someone could inter- intervene and guide and, and kind of nurture that part of mm-hmm. where where could you go, um, maybe because they didn't know themselves, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then taking those two, right? It's a tension between what are you naturally gifted with doing mm-hmm. and what's been bestowed with you, what, what has, what you've been blessed with, and then also what has been that wound and living in that tension because that is where I think a lot of that passion comes yes. and that drive comes mm-hmm. um, because it's bigger than ourself because we have our own story and and for us who, who are aware of our own story and are cognizant of it, then we want to help people with their story. Right, exactly. In whatever way that is. And some people it's going to be working with things and, and showing someone how to do something, mentoring maybe in, in maybe in manufacturing or something like that, or it could be in other ways. So, so Bethany, uh, as, we, as we get ready to wrap up for today, if there was something that, uh, that you wanted to leave the audience with, you know, kind of share with her, what, what would that, what would you want, uh, what would you want them to, to know, either students or other organizations or, or just anybody in general? I think what I've really come to learn is that we have to believe in ourselves and we shouldn't give up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want something, go after it. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say if it's meant to be, it is. If it isn't, it isn't. Yeah. But you won't ever know yeah. if you don't try yeah. and if you don't persevere. Yeah. So I just think that it's important for us to believe in who we are mm-hmm. and just go for the gusto and yeah. see what happens. You know, Bethany, with what you just said, I think is so important because um, going for it, you know, picking something and going for it, and and they, there was a, years ago there was an individual talking about having big, hairy, audacious goals, right? And it was a mm-hmm. business concept of having this great goal. And earlier, you know, um, it's this time of the year when individuals are, you know, for the state wrestling tournament and the the basketball state tournament and um, are coming up and Yes, it's a good, it's a good desire to be a state champion. Mm-hmm. It's less about if you attain it; it's more about what you learn and you attain on the way. Yes, there can only be one state champion, right? But that doesn't mean that the gifts that you will by by pursuing it, by pursuing that, um, that uh, going for the gusto, as you said, by pursuing that, there's so many things that you're going to discover about yourself and so many other things along the path that may open up for us. Yeah, I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. It, it's 
you know, and then it's one of those things where you look back and think, wow, I wish I would have done this sooner. Sure. You yeah. know, but I'm so grateful because someone believed in me yeah. and gave me a chance yeah. and allows me to go down different paths and learn different yeah. things and just gives me that freedom yeah. to tap into what's inside and see what comes out. Yeah. And it's just, it's been, it's been amazing. Well, well, Bethany, thank you for coming. And I think in a lot of ways, your your journey vocationally, your journey life wise, um, your your story with your with your family, with your son, um, those are all um, not only wonderful stories, but I think can be wonderful examples to help um, some of the people and some of the students that you're working with. So, Bethany, thank you for uh, coming on the, on the show. And um, and just as um, as people are um, looking to hear more about you, um, mm-hmm. what would be the best way for them if they were more interested in the program what would be the best way for them to reach you and we'll put this in the show notes as well um i would say that they should check out our cnc.org website okay they can go to our facebook page and see all the neat things that we post that we're doing for students and that students are engaging in and then they can always email me which they can find on the website okay. um at and i do want to clear up that we're just a tenant at rock valley many people get confused by that Cianci okay. is its own um, entity, okay. but people get confused when they see our email address. Okay. So um, that's kind of the difference there. But yeah, give give me a call, okay. email me. I'd love I'd love to meet more people and. Okay. and just engage and get great things done. Okay. Well, we will have um, on kevinpolke.com is our website. We'll okay. have your information on there. Um, this will be uh, released here soon, and we'll we'll have the information out within the show notes as well. So, Bethany, thank you again. Thank, thank you. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you so okay. much. Have a good day. You too.